We got Kent Shamrock here. How you doing, Mr. Mr. Shamrock? I'm doing well. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Um, so you got a a, a bare knuckle fighting uh, tryouts in Buffalo, New York. It's gonna be a lot of fighters there. Um, what's gonna make your promotion different from other uh, other uh, uh, bare knuckles promotion? Well, we're we're not really focusing on trying to be different than anyone. We just kind of want to be who we are. You know, we want to start with young guys. We want to build, uh, you know, the valor with some some young faces, especially these first couple of shows. We want to be able to go to each of these cities um, that we're going to and be able to find these young fighters, be able to put them on the undercard so they're able to fight in front of their home crowd. Um so we're looking forward to that right now. Like I said, we're just grassroots and we're, we're building slow because of the way, the, the way that the, uh, the, uh, kind of COVID kind of shut everything down for a while. Um, trying to start from grassroots and build it up. Um, I know you see a lot of these other promotions out there that are bare knuckle that are really pushing and, and, uh, there's seem to be spending a lot on their fight cards. Um, we want to make sure that when we put on a card that we put on fighters that are young, that are energetic, that are excited to fight for Valor. And then as we grow uh, with the fan base, Valor grows with the fan base and uh, Valor grows with the fighters, that when we start growing, we all grow together. Ken, Ken what, are, what, are they, what kind of a ring are they going to be fighting in? Um we have a bout circle, which is really sunk down. It's an octagon shape on the outside. It's kind of slanted up a little bit where the out of bounds is. And the center uh, of the fighting surface is a circle. Um, so they have to stay in that circle. There's no ropes. There's no, there's no cages. Um, it's just man on man in there. And if you start backing up, there's nothing for you to run into. So you step out of bounds, you lose a point, you lose a point, you lose a round. And there's only three rounds. So. It forces the action. It makes guys have to, to compete, makes them have to use footwork, uh, makes them have to use a lot of hand speed, and um, there's no clinching also, So, which makes it even more difficult because now you're, there's nowhere to rest. There's nowhere to hide. <laughs> do, they, do they get points for, like, staying in the middle? No, I mean, you don't – that's um, – Like, is there I, a certain – it's it, Well, it's funny when people <laughs> kind of keep – iterating well how do you keep them in there to fight or or what's to keep them from going out of and i i just keep thinking in my head as a fighter i've never had to be forced to stay within the ropes or in the cage the only time i've ever really been in a situation where i was on the cage or i was in a rope is if somebody actually pushed me into them mm -hmm. um so i don't think the problem is with the fighter itself uh punching and kicking and and doing whatever they do uh and end up in the cage of the ropes it's more about your opponent when they go in there. And that's why we don't want clinching because we don't want guys pushing each other into the out of bounds. So yeah. by forcing no clinching, now you have to punch. And when you're punching, there's no pushing, right? So it really does keep the action going. It keeps hands moving. There's uh, again, like saying, having no ropes, no cages, there's nowhere for these guys to kind of back up into and lay on there. So kind of do a rope a dope or rest. So it's a fast action packed um, bout circle. It forces action consistently. So when the uh, next show will be? I didn't hear you. When when will be the next show? The because uh, I know you had it like last year. So yes, when was we have multiple shows right now um, that we're we're actually doing. We call them the content shows, where 
we're going out and finding guys um, like in Jacksonville, Florida and in Florida area. We've been real heavily there um, doing these these gym tryouts, finding fighters to be able to put on a card because that's going to be somewhere where we want to be able to do our event and be able to get content uh, to be able to show for Valor. Um, and we'll have a big show after we do a few of these content shows. Then we're going to do a big show leading up, like using all the content and all the uh, gym tryouts to really advertise for that big fight. And I believe that's going to be in October. Uh, uh, Not how sure long the are the rounds, What's that? Uh, how long are the rounds? Rounds can minutes? be three, three, three minute rounds. Okay. So they gotta, they gotta go. They got no time to feel out or waste time. Yeah. Well, when you watch the uh, the first one we had, it was action packed, and uh, I truly believe that this is really going to force action. It's also going to change the game of uh, bare knuckle boxing because it really does uh, impact the action uh, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so I really like it because when you, and not that I'm against, you know, dirty boxing or holding and punching, I think there's, it's kind of fun to watch, but to me, it just, it's not clean. It's not, it's not what, what, what my vision is, is to really take the purity of boxing, take the gloves off, make it bare knuckle boxing and bring back that kind of professionalism in boxing. Mm hmm are you familiar with the other promotions out there, Mr. Shamrock? I am, yes. I've seen uh, a, a couple of them. And like I said, I, I think it's exciting. It's fun. But just not my cup of tea when I've got guys holding one another and punching each other. I mean, obviously, it's a fight's a fight, and they're fun to watch. But I just really like the idea of being able to take that, the, that boxing that I've loved for years, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard and Duran and Muhammad Ali and, you know, Mike Tyson. And, and, and I just loved it. But it just got to a point where it just felt like people were hugging each other all the time. And, you know, with the gloves on, it's not really pure. Um, you know, guys are being rewarded for taping their hands and putting a glove on there because, you know, some of the guys may not have strong hands. And so you're putting a glove on them to be able to make them be world champions. And I've always felt like fighting should be God-given talent. And, um, you know, not something where, you know, you put a glove on a guy and all of a sudden becomes a world champion. But if you take those gloves off that same guy, he breaks his hand every round. That's not God-given talent. So I just want to bring back that purity of what we what we call fighters, guys that are true fighters. I'm pretty sure this Sunday you're going to see a few fighters in there <laughs> for your tryouts. I yeah, we're looking guys. forward to it. Well, the last couple times we've done them, it's been exciting, man. Is it, it's yeah, going to be I'm it's going to be this Sunday in Buffalo. Yes. Damn, yep. too, bad, too bad it wasn't next Sunday in Buffalo and I'm back. <laughs> yeah. I always miss your shows. Yeah, I got I know a few guys gonna be on there on the on the tryouts. They got they tough guys, so um, well, this is uh this is where they get the show because um again, like I said, we're obviously we're putting gloves on them because we don't want them to bang each other up for tryouts, but it does show us a lot about who they are and we implement the uh, rules that we have for Valor. So they get an understanding of how they'll be fighting. What, what kind of gloves are they going to use? Uh, we're going to get, you know, we want big ones, you know, for 12 ounce gloves. Just so, again, like I said, these guys are trying out. We don't want them to be banging on each other and just for a tryout. But it does show us what kind of skills they got. Being able to do one three minute round. That means there's, they got one round, three minutes to show us what they got in order for us to put them on our card. Oh, so, so they're only going to fight one round? 
One round, three minutes, man. Show me what you got. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Mr. Shamrock, would, would you ever put a show in New York State? Yeah, you know, right now, New York, I think, is a, is a hard one to get into, yeah. especially for Bare Knuckle. But I, I truly believe that at some point in time, we'll get that chance. You might be able to do it in the Indian Reservation over here. Yeah, it, you know... And that's a tricky one. Again, like I said, it's not something that we wouldn't look at. But you don't want to either piss off the commission by going under beneath well, them and trying yeah. to put a show on. When, when, uh, because even if we did do something on a reservation, we would invite the commission anyways. Okay. I I think uh, even on the Indian reservations. I, I think they uh, sort of uh, go along with the commission when it's approved, you know? Well, usually they have their own commission. The Indian does. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. They're but we invite them just so that they're a part of it. Right. Yeah, they have their indigenous nations uh, box. Right. That's yes. why I fight them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Sherrock, I got a, uh, a, a friend here, Ed Rogers, wants to know if you're looking for a sponsor. Sorry that say that again. Uh are you looking for a sponsors? Any sponsors for the um the uh tryouts or a show? Yes, we're always looking for sponsors, man. Anything that can actually help us. We're that's we're in the beginning stages of doing this. So yeah, sponsors, any of that stuff, man, you can get a hold of us through Valor Sports. I'm gonna give you my friend um information. Uh he will help you out with that. Yeah, it's, um, it's at Ted at ValorBK.com. Okay. Uh, Deron Adams wants to know if there's a super heavyweight class. What 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 was that? Uh, Deron Adams wants to know if if you got a super heavyweight class. We, we have all the traditional boxing weights, so there is a heavyweight, super heavyweight also. We don't have anybody there yet. Um, like I said, we're just getting started, so we're finding more of the middleweights and uh, light heavyweights. But, um, yes, we will have all the traditional boxing weights. Just right now, we don't have that many big guys like that yet. So, so you're gonna you're gonna do the the old traditional weight classes like welterweight, lightweight, middleweight, not not junior middleweight, middleweight, super middleweight. Just gonna have the basic traditional, yeah, um, yeah. Starting out because um, again, when you're just starting out and you're building your your program, and we're using a lot of young fighters because we want to be able to bring those fighters up with valor. Um, so trying to fill all those weight classes in the beginning would just be too hard and yeah. we would run out of fighters. So we want to yeah. try to keep the weight classes limited. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love bare knuckle fighting. Um, I'm glad it's coming back and I'm glad you have, you put it on the show. Um, I had David Feldman on a few times on the podcast and, um, I watched some of his shows, uh, uh, it's getting kind of like uh, a little funny with the uh, social media guys on there fighting. <laughs> what, do you think, what, do you, what do you think about that, Mr. Shamrock? Social media guys fighting real fighters. Um, I think there's value there. Um, I think I'd be careful that you don't, you know, 
load your card up with that. But I think that it's entertaining, no doubt. And so, yeah, it's great to have them maybe sometimes on the undercard. And depending on how big they are and how many views uh, they get to be able to tune in, you know, maybe their main event. Because, like I said, numbers count. And, uh, you know, that's how you put butts in the seat is by people coming in and watching the fights. So there's a lot of power there. Well, Jake and Logan Paul, boy, they sure knew how to sell, didn't they? <laughs> well, they're also they're also good fighters too. I mean, yeah, they like, actually got they actually got skill, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're coming out. They're actually showing skill. They got some great. Obviously, they're not world class, but right. I give them time, right? It's almost like people put them down because they've been boxing for a few years. They're like, well, they're not fighting the best in the world. Well, nobody is at that at that level. They're they're just right. getting started. So give them some time. No, I agree. Uh, Mr. Shamrock, would you ever fight again? No, no, not. I mean, obviously, I'm a fighter, and and um, if if anybody ever got in my way or threatened my family or or uh, you know caught me in a bad mood, of course I fight. <laughs> That's who I am. But I, never, I don't think I would get back in the actual ring and actually do a you know a regular fight. Um, just uh, you know, I'm almost 60 years old in February, so I've had my time. I've enjoyed it. Now it's time for me to be able to give other young kids a chance to follow their dreams. Okay, Ken, where are you living now? Are you still in California? Uh, Reno, Nevada. Oh, you're in Reno. You're here in Nevada. Okay, cool. Yes. Yep. That's where uh, Gina Carano's family is. Yeah, well, they used to be. They uh, they're out of the the uh, casino business, I think, and they I think they moved up into the hills. Yeah, her uh, her father was a football star here in Nevada. He was Danny White's backup uh, for the Cowboys too. Well, he played for the. Yeah, he played for Dallas. He was uh, Glenn Carano's uh, Glenn Carano. He was Danny White's backup at the Cowboys. I think his screen is frozen or something. Huh? Yeah. Yep. Probably a bad connection. Um, Maybe it's a mobile phone in her when you're driving. You can hear you. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Are we back? Yes, yep. we are. Okay. Um, will your show be on uh, UFC Fight Pass by the chance? I'm sorry, what? Which uh, will your show be on UFC Fight Pass? Your bare knuckle promotion. Fight Pass on Fight Pass. Yeah. I didn't bare knuckle. Yes, your show, your promotion. Oh, will this show be shown? Will it be shown at UFC Fight Pass? No. No. Oh, I thought I thought the first one was on there. Hmm. No, no, no. We did that separate. Oh, okay. Now they may be showing those different things there, highlights or something, but it's not something that we did. Okay. Let me see. Uh, 
So when uh when you go in Buffalo, you gonna eat some chicken wings over here? <laughs> yeah, no, we we had we we just had a little chicken fillet for uh for dinner. So <laughs> when you're on the road, you eat what you can. Right, right. <laughs> So are you gonna have any uh, female fighters, um, Mr. Shamrock, in your uh, promotion? Yeah, we've looked at a couple through some of the tryouts we've done, and um, there's some good ones that we've looked at. We're looking forward to using them. But again, like I said, on some of these shows that we're, um, some of the shows that we're doing on in the beginning. We've seen a couple girls there, and we're looking forward to using them. But we—I don't think we're going to use them on the content shows. Oh, okay. Now, how use it for the bigger the, events. Now, how are you going to judge the um, the fighters on the tryouts? Oh. Um, a little interference there. We're probably driving out in the country somewhere. <laughs> see. They probably got some bad. He probably got some bad reception somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the tryouts is going to be on um, Sunday at one o'clock at the Eastern Hill Mall. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go over there and uh, check it out. I, I know a few fighters that's gonna go for the tryouts. Um, I got a guy who's a super heavyweight, so <laughs> he asked a question. <laughs> and uh, Caveman got like two students going over there. Yeah, they, they did a Marshall, an event here in Las Vegas where they had a circular ring with the sides up, you know? And it, yes. Um, oh, who was involved? Was Boss Rudin involved in that or somebody was involved in that? I believe it was the uh, the 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 original. Um, what was the name of it? Uh, pet something. Um, I want to say it was like the the guy who brought the UFC. Um, not um, Bob. Um, no, it wasn't Bob Marowitz. It wasn't okay. it wasn't Art Davy? 
Uh, I forgot who the hell it was we did it. I believe we did it at the Rio. Um, one of the referees was a referee uh, for my uh, WKA shows back in Buffalo. I used to do with Angelo. Oh, okay. what, the hell, what the hell was the name of it? Oh, was, oh no, no. Oh, oh what, what's his name was involved in it? Uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Norris. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I, what was the name of it? I forgot the name, but it was like a kickboxing show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was in a circle. Right. And uh, the sides were sort of like this, you know? They were like, went up like this on the side. No ropes or nothing, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I remember it. I just can't think of the name. Yeah, I forgot the name of the damn event. It didn't last too long. A long time. It was yeah. quite a while. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, too bad. I wish you would have been here when uh, this weekend you could have been on. Uh, we could have went together to the uh, tryouts. I, I always miss your events by the by like a week. <laughs> yeah. It's either before or after I was there. No. Yes, sir. Sorry, guys. We lost Ken Shenrock. Um, signal probably, I'm guessing, because he's driving. Yeah. He's probably out, he's probably out in the country and uh, somewhere and um, lost the signal. So, But at least he came on, though. Oh, yeah. yeah I, hope he, I, I hope he does well with this event, you yeah? know? I hope so too, and I hope uh, the guys I know that's gonna be there do good. K Mans and Wegmans right now. <laughs> <laughs> good, good place to be. <laughs> is is there any kind of knockdown rule or anything in Ken's event? Uh I'm not sure. But I'm gonna. I'll, I'll probably go there Sunday, and uh, I go. I'll probably go Facebook Live, and I go there and talk to him and uh, show the guys training or sparring, whatever. Yeah, my buddy Ed Rogers won a uh, sponsored uh, event, so well, okay. I give. Uh, I get Ken, um, his information to Ken. Oh. Yeah, New York State, man, it's 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 hard to um, put a, a show on in New York State. Oh yeah, yeah. With the with the insurance and um, you know, you know, we used to get a one day insurance policy. It isn't that expensive at all. But uh, um, I also, uh, um, well, you know, when they had the ABC convention a few years back, they came up with. Um, a protocol for insurance for a pro event you had to have an uh a one night insurance policy that covered that was equal to fifty thousand dollars or the coverage per fighter on the event but it was it was only like a couple of grand or something like that it was cheap and for amateurs 
uh, up to only a hundred, uh, up to twenty-five thousand dollars per fighter uh, on the card, like we do, we, we do here in uh, Las Vegas, and it's it's not an expensive policy at all for the amateur shows. But if a kid blocks a kick, breaks his arm, goes to the ER, uh, you know, he gets up to twenty-five thousand dollars cover. It's covered, you know. Yeah. And but uh, and uh, we also. You know, my shows back in Buffalo, I used to, uh, I made a deal with Main Transit Fire Hall. Their paramedics, I gave them, you know, a few bucks to uh, do the pre-fight checks on the fighters and be the, uh, and be at ringside. And they were, uh, you know, what better, what better guy to, check out a fighter who got knocked down than a guy who does uh that works on trauma stuff and like head-on collisions you know what i mean <laughs> so they're, they're, they're paramedics they're etms yeah and they came there with a truck and if a kid got hurt they brought him to the hospital for us mm -hmm. and i gave them a whole bunch of tickets for all the firemen for the show <laughs> yeah that was a great deal you know, they, they knew what they're doing. If a kid got hurt or something, or, you know, they can yeah. look in their eyes and see if they're kind of fucked up. Uh, yeah, they were, they were the best. Hey, Charlie, what you think about, um, I see this on, on, on Facebook a lot, um, about the UFC fighters, how much they get paid compared to boxing. Well, that's, you know, the top 20 boxers in the world get big, big money. Yeah, you, you can go. I got history. There are guys in the UFC, they make more money for knockout of the night, fight of the night, than most boxers on, on the undercard will ever make. Right. These kids on the undercard of a boxing show ain't getting a $50,000 bonus for knockout of the night. They're not even getting paid they, half of the fight. They, they make it seem like they're getting paid like Mayweather money. <laughs> no, they. Uh, and the guys that make the big money, like Mayweather, Canelo, and that, you know, they sell pay per view. Right. You know? and, and Spence and them that are going to fight now, uh, uh, they, they, they drive the pay per view numbers. And uh, with the Latino fighters, uh, the Hispanics always buy, uh, buy the most pay per view, always have. That's why their fighters get, get big money. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, you go to any any boxing website, go to the Nevada Athletic Commission, and you can pull up a fight card, and it's public knowledge what their uh, uh, fighters are paid, their, their contract agreement, pay per view yeah. money, pay per view money. That's not for, that's not really public knowledge, yeah, because that comes after a week, two weeks, three weeks. They start collecting the numbers. But to actually see what the fighters get paid to walk in that ring is all listed on the commissions. And probably New York, too. Pull up a boxing card or something. You can see what the guys got paid. <laughs> yeah, I just think people are just talking out their ass because they think uh, every boxer get paid like Mayweather and Canelo. No, fuck, they don't get paid anywhere near that boxer. <laughs> you know, they ain't making that kind of money. <laughs> probably your top five in each weight division. Right, right. You know? yeah. you know, and some get the real big numbers. 
you know what when 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 Mayweather fought Maidana the first time, what a war that was. Uh, I, I was the inspector on a on the combing of anything. So after the main event, the girl for the commission who has all the checks and everything. Oh, excuse me. Um, she goes, Chucky, go pay the fighters. She gives me the clipboard, gives me the checks, and I look at it, and the fighter's got to uh, sign his name, and next to his name shows all the deductions from the fighter. How many tickets, what, 10, 50% his manager, all that shit's taken out, you know? Yeah. And But then there's a handwritten check, because in Nevada, and any commission worth a damn, the money for the card is put in escrow with the commission. So the promoter can't say at the end of the fight, man, I can't pay you what I promised you. I didn't sell enough tickets. It's already in escrow with the commission. That was put in a long time ago to keep uh, promoters from fucking fighters out of their money, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I looked, you know, I see my Donna's check. Mm -hmm. Mayweather's check was $32,500,000, a handwritten check. That was a guarantee. Not counting a pay-per-view. And uh, my Donald's was like six, seven million dollars. He got an extra million dollars so because Mayweather wanted to use certain kind of gloves that were made for him because his hands are so brittle. Yeah. So my Donald's corner said, Yeah, okay, you can use them, but you're gonna give us another million dollars cash. <laughs> That's a big deal. So I go in a dressing, I, now I got the clipboard like this with the checks walking through the crowd back to the dressing room. And, you know, uh, that's all I needed, somebody to grab that clipboard. So I go in the dressing room, Floyd was like this, was, man, that was one tough man I fought tonight. God, he was tough. Man. He was really shot after that fight. So I give him the check, a sign right here, champ. It was, uh, 32 million, oh, that's cool. Signs it, takes a picture of it on the phone, stuffs it in his pocket. <laughs> $32 million handwritten check. Isn't that crazy? No, oh, man. I wish I had million dollars for a fight. <laughs> Boy, but but, uh, but these uh, yeah, these UFC fighters they get big bonuses. Boxers don't get bonuses. Right, right, right. So what if they get paid? <laughs> yeah, it's just this myth going around that boxers, all boxers get paid a lot more than yeah, you know why? Because they all they sold the event for four billion dollars. Yeah, it must be. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, they have all this money. You know, they don't remember. You know, pay-per-view gets 40, like 30 plus 40 percent of the pay-per-view. The company that puts it up, you know, yeah. like used to be viewer's choice or whatever. Uh, yeah, the, uh, ESPN uh, plus pay-per-view, all these other you know, showtime. They got a big chunk of the pay-per-view. And uh, but it's all about. How many asses you put in the seats and how many people you get to turn on the TV and pay yeah. for it? Yep. So these guys are all bitching and crying. Hey, if it wasn't for the UFC, oh, we're going to go fight for another event. Good, go. You're not yeah. going to make anywhere near the money. You're not going to get any endorsements. You're not going to get nothing. These guys make money out of the side, making appearances and shit. Yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, these guys, 
they do their after fight shows. They get paid a lot of money by the nightclubs just to go in there, get a couple bottles of vodka and hang out. They get, <laughs> they get 25, 30 grand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, you know, these UFC, they're all crying. If it wasn't for the UA, if you don't like it, quit and go back and be a fucking phys ed teacher in a high school for 40 grand a year. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're just sour grapes. Yeah. When you become a champion, you sell a million pay-per-views, you pay-per pay-per-views, you can make that money. Look at Conor McGregor. He knew how yeah. to sell. He knew how to sell. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. After he won the title. Yeah, he he uh well he's a pretty good guy personally. Yeah, he, is, uh, yeah he, could, he could definitely sell a fight. You know, there's Jake and Logan Paul. They're worth more than any of these fighters. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people give them shit, but like I said, well, look at look at their net worth. Google their net worth. It's crazy. You know, they get right. they built a gym. they got a gym in Puerto Rico. You know, yeah, yeah. So they train. They're training with legit guys. Yep, they training, and it's not like they just came off the street and exactly. they, they they've been training and they they put in they put their work in the gym. They put in that work. You know, see see the interview with Tyson talking about McGregor. No. Here's a guy who never put on a boxing glove in his life, and he goes and fights Mayweather, the greatest fighter in the, of this generation in the last 20 years, and he was landing punches on him, you know, and he he hung in there. He gave he gave McGregor a lot of credit. Did you see the Mayweather and Gotti fight, Gotti oh. Jr.? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. That was stupid. <laughs> I knew somebody from the Gotti camp. I was going to bring him. I was going to bring him on the podcast, but it didn't work out. But um, yeah, uh, the guy had two fights, boxing pro boxing fights. Um, people then, are uh, off, people are pissed off with the ref stopped it. Yeah, that's uh, they say that's Mayweather's personal ref. <laughs> oh, Kenny Bayless. Yeah. I, I like. I always like working with Kenny. Yeah, that that was. I, I don't think that was right. Oh. Well, he stopped the fight because they was talking trash to each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so what? He was people saying it's an exhibition, but yeah, it's an exhibition. But you charging people to, for pay per views? People paying to watch that. Yeah, that yeah. was. A, I got, that wasn't right for Kenny to do that. There's been a lot of shit going out Nevada refs and judges lately in the last couple of years. You know, but uh, referees, I always thought were good referees, judges, and, you know, prematurely stopping fights or whatever. It just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> if that Lomachenko any fight was in New York City, Loma would have won that decision. I really believe that. I thought he won this one. Or at worst, it could have been a draw. Right. But Dave Moretti scored it way lopsided. I was like, God damn, what was he watching? <laughs> and he's one of the best referees ever. He's from Niagara Falls, you know. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Now, a lot of these judges, they don't um, 
uh, don't have like a background in, in boxing or MMA. No, they uh, they all got day jobs. <laughs> you, know? yeah. uh, 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 you think they should hire like ex um, Joe Joe Cortez, he boxed years ago. Yep. Oh, yeah. These guys all um, came up through the amateur ranks. You got to start with the amateur boxing, USA boxing, you know, work your way up into the pros. Got to learn the ropes, you know. Just like uh, MMA refs, you know, they all started. Uh, and Mark Smith, I got him on the commission uh, as a judge. And then, uh, you know, they asked me, who do you think we should move up? I said, Mark Smith would be a good referee. So I met Mark at the amateur Muay Thai shows here. And, uh, yeah. And um, they used to ask me, because I, I was the amateur MMA and kickboxing guru here. I used to, you know, be chief inspector for all those shows. Mark Ratner or Keith Kaiser would always ask me, who do you think is good enough for the amateurs to move up now? You know, and I'd say, oh, I, I like this guy, you know. But, you know, but the problem is, if you hire... People say, oh, they should hire jujitsu black belts to judge the UFC. Well, that'd be the worst fucking thing to do because they're <laughs> going to be partial to a guy who just grapples. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a, and if you have just a guy who was a kickboxer, he's going to be partial to the guy that just stands up. Right. You know, when you're a referee, you know. Uh, with judges, though, all these, most of these judges were boxing judges and they got tenure. And they used to do the kickboxing, the K1 judging and stuff. Oh, they don't want to lose that two, $3,000 paycheck working a, a, a pro show, you know? Yeah. They had to take a crash course in MMA, you know? Yeah. Now, when you, when, um, in the earlier UFC, you was there where there was no rules, right? And then, yeah. I no, say, no, no eye gouging and no biting. Okay. And then I'm going to say it was either UFC 4 or five, I guess, when they started adding like time limits and then judging scoring. Was you was you there for that? Or oh, I, I, was there. I was there. Did did you have any like did you have any saying to for uh for the new rules or no 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 I was just booking fighters at the time. But that those rules, that weight classes stuff were put in. Um God, you know, I think after UFC, I don't know, it was a five or something, maybe right, right, seven. You know, I know there were no rules in seven, no weight classes, but uh, you know, then they started to do the two weight classes. You know, that's what Frank Shamrock started to come in, and you know, that weight division. They said they needed a, something under two hundred pounds. You know, and uh, but because uh, they had the David Goliath tournament in Puerto Rico, remember that the little guys yep. against the big guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what my guy Joel Sutton bruised his sternum training, and he couldn't fight, so they needed a last minute replacement. They got Don Fry, and that was the rest of history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don Fry. I remember him. Uh, I remember uh, Gary Goodrich. He fought that one guy and. Oh, elbowed him. Paul Her my friend Paul Herrera got him in like yeah. a crucifix and elbowed him in the temple and knocked him out. Oh, man. That was Fucking crazy. Brutal. That was brutal. Did he ever fight brutal. again? Huh? Did he ever fight again? Who, Paul Herrera? Yeah. I don't know if he did or not. I'm not sure. He was part of Tito Ortiz's entourage. He was the Huntington Beach Bad Boys, that crew. Tank Abbott and all them, you know? Yeah. That was their team. Yeah. 
He puts on amateur shows. He was a, an amateur and collegiate champion in California, Paul Herrera. He's a great high school college wrestler, yeah. I think I'm friends with him on Facebook, too. I got to oh, check. Good guy. Good guy. We became real good friends. Yeah. The old days. But then they started adding rules. I think UFC 12 or 13, 14. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. They, that's when they added the gloves. Right. And they came up with a, with a grappling glove. Because they were still using gloves like that, the ones that were sort of like padded just on the front. You know, they used to right. use them in Japan in Shudo and that. You could still grab with them, but they were like a solid cover, you know. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, and then they... Uh, a big controversy was, and uh, they were trying to sell the bare knuckle thing to the officials in Puerto Rico, and John McCarthy had to go there and meet with them with Art Dave, you know, with the UFC before the fight, and, and he said, "Oh, you, uh, you got to wear gloves." And John McCarthy did a demo. He goes, "You could hit harder with one of these, these gloves." Then you can with a bare fist. Oh, no, you can't. No, you can't. So John McCarthy had the guy put on a glove, punch the table. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I didn't feel nothing. Okay. Now take off the glove and smack the table. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'll break my knuckles. He goes, see? <laughs> yeah. That's how he proved it. But New York State, you know, they're tough with everything. Yeah. They want that money. I remember moving that show in the middle of the fucking night down to Dothan, Alabama, in the snow. Wait. Oh, that was the um, Niagara Falls, right? They were supposed to do a show in Niagara Falls. I remember that. I was there. I flew in from Vegas. I had a fighter on the show, Nick Sanzo, who won his first uh, alternate fight. But yeah, that was. Now, uh, what happened was John Peretti was going to do wanted to do a show in New York, in Queens, I think it was in a armory or something and the let in the politicians down there said you know that you know that can you do it like out on long island somewhere don't or somewhere don't do it close to the city and uh, because back then the commissions had no rules they left it up to the municipalities and, and each city to approve it that's why the one ufc ufc i'm looking at the poster now ufc seven Got approved. All my friends on the city council voted to approve it. <laughs> you know? And um, um, so Peretti goes, well, you don't have any rules. You can't tell me I can't do it. I'm going to do the show. They had a, in the middle of the night legislation meeting and banned MMA. Thanks to John Peretti, the jackass. Yes. And um, and um, um, chartered two planes. To fly in the middle of the night, took off in a snowstorm from Niagara Falls to Birmingham, Alabama. They had buses waiting for us. To we always had a redneck promoter down south, <laughs> just in case. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we had like a three-hour bus ride to Dothan, Alabama. We we had empty seats on the airplane, so we had a plane bigger than we needed. So we told the people, a UFC told them. Uh, they came from all over the world for that show. The convention said it was sold out. I think it was in February, yeah, February, snowing like crazy. He said, anybody who could come to Niagara Falls Airport, first come, first serve, will come down to Dothan, Alabama with us. 
You have people out in the snow with money waving people down in front of the fucking hotel in Niagara Falls. Next to the convention, they probably thought, "What are these nutcases doing in the street waving people over?" You know. <laughs> and so we took a bunch of fans with us, and they told us, uh, "After you know, don't go anywhere because we're going to have the buses take us to the airport." But we're going to fly out of Dothan, Alabama. We don't have to go to Birmingham. The only problem was the plan we got to go home was smaller than the one we went down. So we uh, thanked them for coming to the event. But unfortunately, you're going to have to find your own way back to Niagara Falls because we don't have enough seats on this airplane. <laughs> yeah. Poor guys. I wonder how they got, got back. And that plane was really heavy. And it was a small military base. And it was a 727. We had a 757 on the way down. On the way back, it was a Champion Air 727. Smaller airplane. But it was raining. And we and raining, raining, raining. And we're taking off. I could hear the captain throttling up, throttling up. He's got his foot on the brakes. Then let's go the brakes. Boom. Starts going down the runway. And I'm looking out the window. Of course, I work for an airline, so I know a little bit what's going on. I said, okay, 5,000-foot marker, 4,000-foot marker, 3,000, 2,000. I'm like, oh, fuck. Just as we hit the 1,000-foot marker, the nose went up and we took off. We barely made it off the end of the runway. Yeah, I was looking out the window like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, that was an adventure. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was uh, that was crazy how that happened. Oh, and and that, that legislator a few years back got arrested. He 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 got busted and uh, convicted for some kind of fraud or something. So good karma came back to to get him. I remember back in the day, uh, the pay per views was like nineteen dollars, I believe. Yeah, yeah, nineteen ninety five, twenty nine ninety five. That's what everybody had cheater boxes too. So they figured if, if 50,000 people bought the pay per view, probably another 50,000 saw it for free on a cheater box. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Until they went all digital. Yeah. But the pay per view world was much smaller then. Back then, what, you know, a couple million people had the ability to get pay per view and Compared to now, you got millions and millions and millions of tens of millions can get pay per view now. Yeah, yeah, I remember the cheetah box back in the day. Oh yeah, and every six months they got scrambled, so you had to find a guy that was selling them to get another one. Yeah, I remember when uh, we used to live in Brooklyn. We had a guy who had them, and then we moved to Buffalo. And then we got somebody from we knew somebody from the west side and he got us uh, a box and uh yeah it was oh my my friend used to have a trunk full of them. <laughs> yeah. So are you from Brooklyn or queen? You're from Brooklyn? Yes. I I knew a mobile DJ, he had a company, Burt Lockett and the Brooklyn Mobile DJs back in the seventies. He was he was a big mobile DJ guy, Burt Lockett, yeah. You said, yeah. did you ever go party in Brooklyn? 
I, I, I never did. That's where Bath Avenue is, isn't it? Yes. Uh, it's on, uh, I believe, in, uh, uh, what's the neighborhood? Uh, it's an Italian neighborhood, matter of fact. Yeah, oh, yeah, you see a lot of old mob documentaries and stuff. Yeah, a lot of them out there, for sure. Yeah, the Bath Avenue crew, that back in the 60s, 70s, yeah, bodies yeah. used to drop all over the place there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I remember the uh, growing up in Brooklyn in the eighties. Uh, I was a long, I was a little kid, but I remember uh, it was real. Uh, it's like the Wild Wild West back then. Oh, good and, friend uh, of Giuliani actually cleaned up New York City big time. <laughs> he really did. He really yeah. did. He was the best player they ever had. Yeah, he he, like, he wasn't playing no games. He locked anybody up. And my friend, um, when he became a New York fireman, he went to UB, Craig Silvino. He used to run Wilkinson Pub at UB, too. Um, when he was a lieutenant, he finally retired as captain a few years back. When he was a lieutenant, what was his first station? Well, since you're a new hire, you're going to Brownsville, Brooklyn. <laughs> I used to live in Brownsville. <laughs> he goes, Charlie, they burn something down there every day. They burn their own shit down. Yeah. <laughs> they, they get an argument and burn their own stuff down. Yeah. Remember the days. Oh, yeah. Now, in Buffalo, you grew up in, the, uh, you grew up in uh, Williamsville, right? Yeah, I grew up in Williamsville, yep. yep. Yeah. I hung around the city a lot. Yeah. But the frat gangs and stuff, you know, I was president yeah. up for a couple of years, my frat, yeah. Yeah. The thug days. 1970, 71. Yeah. I remember my father, he uh, uh, worked in this bodega store in Brooklyn, and uh, like, when he catch somebody stealing, he was like, we're not going to call that cops. I'm going to take care of you. You take them in the back in the office and beat the shit out of them. That's <laughs> a And then I remember one time I heard the story that uh, somebody stole something and they took off running out of the store. My father chasing them. And then, like, the people see my father chasing this guy. So they go after the guy. They they grab him to him on the floor. And then my father just soccer kicked him in the head. <laughs> That's Fuck how you did it. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember growing up, like, we never used to call the cops. We took care of business ourselves. No. Yeah. Yeah, sir. Too bad they don't do that now. No, nah, they don't. People are just walking out of stores with shit. They're like, it's like, oh, I like AOC. She goes, what is stealing? Because people need to feed their families. They're walking out with Big screen TVs and stuff. Goes, Are you gonna eat one? You gonna eat a TV or what? They <laughs> just fill this shit up and walk out. Oh, unbelievable! Let's yeah, like I see, like um, when you see some of the store workers attack them, and then you got the news. Oh, they got no reason to attack them. They just stealing. They should just, you know, it's not their stuff. They just, they should just let them walk away with it. Man. Fuck that. Insurance is expensive. <laughs> Fuck that. That's what, uh, that's what the liberal laws, no bail, the bail reform and everything. It's like, yeah, 
That's I hope I hope Trump gets in and gets his Biden out of here. Biden Biden could he could never make another four years. Christ, the guy can barely talk now. Yeah, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm 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 at my age. I'll be dead when everything goes to shit. You Damn. young people are gonna have to carry <laughs> on the next thirty the next thirty years. Twenty years from now you'll say, you know, fucking Charlie was right. <laughs> I'm gonna be working three jobs and shit. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if there's three jobs to work, yeah. What are you gonna do? Well, I'm looking out the window. Oh, it's still sunny out here. It doesn't get dark till like after eight o'clock here now. Days are real long here in the desert. I definitely got to take a trip to Vegas. I, I know a few people out there. Uh, uh, would like to go out there. I never been out there before, so yeah. Find a cheap flight. Frontier flies nonstop. Southwest is going to have nonstop every day starting in uh, September, October, I think. Yeah, without a connection, man, you're here in like four hours. Yeah, kick back, take it out, wake up in your Las Vegas. A lot of gyms here, of course. You know, we can hit and see people and nightlife, of course. Yep. I know a lot of Italians there from Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, 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 ton of Vegas. people. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, when the, uh, oh, a lot of Buffalo people too. They were, Buffalo people flocked out here in the 70s, late 60s, 70s, early 80s. And uh, New York people too. But it, like when the Golden Knights hockey team plays here, when the Rangers play, boy, there's a lot of Ranger fans here. Oh, wow. People that live here, you know. Yeah. Plus, people that come out here. And, and the Buffalo Sabres, they come out here. There's probably 3,000 Sabre fans in the stands. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna hit the road here. All right, buddy. About. But, uh, yeah, I'll call you next week when I get back. All right. Yeah. Well, oh, we'll find a space in my itinerary. I like Saturday day, uh, Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. I got a breakfast Monday morning, Monday afternoon. No, yeah, all the time. All right, yeah. Me and K-Man, we treat you uh, to eat, you know? No, we'll figure it out. All righty. All righty then, buddy. Okay, say hello to everybody for me. All right. Adios. Adios, amigos. Okay. All right, everybody. We are out.